Well, all the years I've come up to the open air pulpits, I've never seen sheep this side of the fence. This is the first time. So it looks like I've got a captive audience. Wasn't expecting this at all, but uh, they are quietly grazing in the background. So I shan't disturb them and hopefully they shan't disturb me, but you never know who you will see at the open air pulpit. And well, every blessing to you all. Welcome back to my open air pulpit. It's a beautiful March morning. It's been around two months since I was last here. And as you've just seen, <laughs> I have company. So you never know who or what to expect at the open air pulpit. We've been very busy over the last couple of months. I've just finished working on a new documentary, the first since 2018. And on the subject of 2018, I began the book of Exodus. And it's taken four years to record the entire book, edit the entire book and upload the entire book to YouTube. I've got two more chapters to upload the next little while and then the plan will be God willing to begin uploading the book of Psalms probably early June time and this past Sunday I began Psalm 53 how the fool has said in his heart there is no God and God willing I will finish Psalm 53 this coming Sunday and then look at Psalm 54. We are still busy on the streets and our gospel tract if you care to know has gone to Australia, Canada, America, Singapore and the UK. It's a very popular tract so if you'd like us to post you some free of charge we are more than happy to do so. So it's been a couple of months since I was last at the pulpit, like I say. Also, we're still doing street work every weekend. It's a great blessing to do that and uh, still speaking to people, planting seeds. Of course, street work doesn't see any uh, short term success, but long term, absolutely. So pray for us. We will pray for you and uh, we will keep pushing on for as long as we can. Well, I guess a subject that most of us are talking about is the Russia-Ukraine war conflict. As I was coming up to the pulpit this morning, I passed many houses and one particular house had the Ukrainian flag hanging out of its upstairs window. Week before last, we were heading back home after street work and our local town hall is flying the Ukrainian flag. Was it last week the Ukrainian president Zelensky addressed the Houses of Parliament via a live link and he got a standing ovation? Week before that, the Ukrainian ambassador also had addressed the Houses of Parliament and he too got a standing ovation. They call that solidarity. But I am naturally suspicious, cynical wondering why exactly so many countries are standing with Ukraine attacking not only Russia but Russian people. Late last week it was reported that Russian music like Shostakovich and Tchaikovsky and other great uh, classical composers their music won't be played 
on the radio and live concerts which are using Russian music will be prohibited. Absolutely remarkable. Talk about the uh, cancel culture. Signal virtually, as they say, taking the knee, the woke brigade, all these countries falling over themselves to salute Zelensky. And yet, again, last week, a British newspaper, a left-wing newspaper, the Guardian newspaper of all papers, reported that Zelensky is worth over a billion dollars and how he's got a 30 million dollar mansion in Florida. He's only been a president for two years. I mean, I know comedians, actors make a lot of money, but one and a half billion dollars, it seems a bit uh, too much. So somebody is greasing his hands. I saw a meme week before last saying that many American politicians, Democrats and Republican, many of their sons like Pelosi, like Mitt Romney and uh, Hunter Biden, of course, and somebody else whose name will come to me shortly. I think four sons, some were Democrats, some were Republican. Their sons are working in Ukraine because, of course, Ukraine has oil. It has gas. And that's why the Americans are pushing hard against Russia. It's not so much concerning the invasion. It's to do with money, of course. You think back to the 1970s when Turkey invaded Cyprus. A bit before my time, I will say that, but when I study 20th century history, I don't remember countries coming together to cancel, to freeze out Turkey, and just cut her off, cut her out of the swift system. One Russian commentator said that the biggest, uh, those who will suffer the most, the biggest casualty in this, in this conflict will be the European Union and probably Britain as well. There's talk that half a million Ukrainians are going to come to the UK and 100,000 Ukrainian children are going to pack into our schools. Our schools are already full. We have a housing crisis in this country. Fuel or gas, as it's called in the US, is going through the roof. The cost of living is going up in the US, the UK and the average German will be paying through the nose uh, when it comes to heating his or her house in the coming weeks and months. So it sounds great, you know, standing shoulder to shoulder with Zelensky and uh, cutting off Russia, so on and so forth. But it's the people in the EU, the US, the UK and others who are going to pay the price for these politicians doing what they are doing. Also of interest to me was to hear that Zelensky has reached out to the Israeli Prime Minister who went to the Kremlin last week for 12 hours of talks, I read somewhere. And the idea is that uh, Bennett will be a mediator between Putin and Zelensky. Incredible times. But I've been watching bits on the news. I've been trying to boycott MSN for some time now. I haven't forgiven them for the lies they told us over the last couple of years concerning the so-called pandemic. And of course, the same people who told us it was going to wipe out everyone are telling us that this war is going to result in World War III. I've heard nothing from politicians in the UK or the US calling for peace talks, calling for a ceasefire. It seems that NATO wants to really arm the Ukrainians to kill as many Russians as they can. And this morning I saw in the paper that Russia is reaching out to China to give her more military equipment to push back the Ukrainians. But here's a thought. Last time I checked, the Geneva Convention 
made it very clear that during wartime when soldiers are arrested the only question that you can ask such soldiers is what is your name what is your rank and perhaps what units are you assigned to you're not allowed to interrogate them you're not allowed to degrade them you're not allowed to humiliate them so to watch Russian soldiers being put before the cameras humiliated under duress is a breach of the Geneva Convention and if the Russians were doing the same to the Ukrainians it would be the same as well I'm, I'm hearing nothing from the woke brigade in this country or the left calling for peace talks and what have you it's almost as if they really want this thing to kick off and get even worse from those of us outside of the Ukraine outside of Russia it looks like a civil war Slovak against one another but of course because it's on the uh, border of the European Union like Poland specifically there's a lot of interest and let's be quite honest war is good for business the arms industry make an absolute packet selling more weapons to country A, country B, country C but ultimately it's the people who suffer the most Russian mothers weeping over their sons not returning home Ukrainian mothers weeping over their sons not returning home here's another thought where are the women? why are the men doing all the hard lifting? I thought Ukraine was a modern society pro-women's liberation, LGBT all that stuff and yet I haven't seen any female soldiers fighting on the front line for Ukraine or for Russia and yet here in the UK men and women fight side by side there seems to be a level of a discrepancy which is very interesting we've got a few verses to look at this morning this won't be a political commentary I know most Christians are not particularly political and that's fair enough I have been a vivid political watcher for 30 years uh, much to my shame <laughs> but of course the Word of God does speak about politics in Galatians chapter 4 concerning uh, Hagar and Ishmael and of course Abraham and Isaac so we can't be completely non-partisan or non-political but uh, we can observe but I've always said over the years we don't want to get too involved get our hands dirty because of course we don't know the whole story I mean yes Putin is a bad man in fact I was told by a brother in the south of Ireland that in the uh, Russian strongholds in Ukraine that some of those Russian strongholds are making it very difficult for Christians to have uh, freedom of worship which if that's so and I don't doubt what the brothers told me if that's so that's a throwback to the dark days of uh, communism but of course also what you're not being told by the mainstream media is that Ukraine have a problem with their uh, neo-Nazis who are pushing back and are causing a lot of problems in and around Ukraine it doesn't justify the Russian invasion well of course not but if you listen to both sides of the story and you really should do you can see part of the reason why the Russians decided to go in to protect their people and deal with some of these neo-Nazis who are pushing against uh, these pro-Russian people but if Christians, Bible believers are being punished and treated with contempt by uh, Russian 
politicians or pro-Putin politicians and of course we need to speak out against that as Bible believers. I'll tell you something else, when the Antichrist arrives he will get a standing ovation. The whole world will line up to roll out the red carpet for him. This current leader in Ukraine, Zelensky, I never heard of him up until last year, starts off as a comedian, so he's got contacts in the entertainment world, is able to play to the cameras and there's no doubt about it that Ukraine is winning the PR war. It, it reminds me of recent Israeli wars with the Palestinians. Now the Palestinians always win the PR war. It's also reading on the day that a lot of the Ukrainian army units are using human shields and are goading the Russians to bomb like the Palestinians would do with the Israelis. But of course we are on the outside looking in, we're not on the ground and to really get the whole story we would need to go to Ukraine or Russia which isn't going to happen of course but that's what we would need to do. So let's pick it up in Ezekiel 38 and what I did do last night was spend over an hour <laughs> reading through Ezekiel 38 and Ezekiel 39 trying to work out where to place these passages and hopefully what I was able to discover last night will be of help to students of scripture 38 1 and the word of the lord came unto me saying son of man jesus would call himself son of man 80 times and would be called the son of god directly and indirectly 40 times set thy face against gog gog is a person that much i am sure the land of magog which is a place that much i am certain of the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal and prophesy against him. So let's just briefly back up. Ezekiel is a prophet writing around 600 BC. From memory he would die in Iraq and was it five or six years ago or maybe longer. ISIS were tearing up parts of Iraq and I seem to recall they desecrated his tombstone prophesy against him and say thus saith the Lord God behold I am against thee O Gog the chief prince of Meshach and two balls when the word of God says God is against someone or a place a people look out and I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws and I will bring thee forth and all thine army horses and horsemen all them clothed with all sorts of armour, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. So as of right now, Russia has got around 200,000 men fighting a similar figure in parts of Ukraine. NATO are equipping Ukraine, and that's one of the reasons why Ukraine are pushing Russia back or holding them off at least. It's my guess you've got British and American special forces quite likely working alongside the Ukrainians is a throwback to the days of Afghanistan of course when Russia would invade around Christmas time was it 1980 81 82 thereabouts and you had the Mujahideen being equipped by the Americans they call this they call this a proxy war if we go back to verse 1 word of the Lord came unto me God is speaking directly to Ezekiel saying son of man this also goes back to Adam being man so Ezekiel is a son of man, a son of Adam, that's why Christ will call himself the son of man. 
picturing his humanity and also his humility, whereas Son of God will picture his deity. Son of man, set thy face against Gog. This could be the final Antichrist, and I will further elaborate on that shortly. The land of Magog, which today is modern-day Turkey. The chief prince, not just the prince, but the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him. You think back to the days of Daniel, and on one occasion Daniel is praying for help, and God sends Michael down to assist Daniel, and he says, I've been fighting with the prince of Persia for 21 days, and while Daniel is on his face praying, Michael is having to fight to get down to Daniel. This goes back to principalities and powers and high places. Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. Satan is called the prince of this world. And I will turn thee back and put hooks into thy jaws. It's like uh, the description of Leviathan, that supernatural creature which is affiliated with the sea. And I will bring thee forth and all thine army horses and horsemen, all of them clothed with all sorts of armour, even a great company with bucklers and shields, all of them handling swords. So, if this is in reference to the tribulation, which is the main view held by most premillennialists, then it would make sense that during the tribulation, modern warfare has been knocked out, completely decimated, and it's a throwback to pre- modern warfare also parts of israel are very rural very hilly like my open air pulpit so it'd be difficult for tanks to move around areas such as this to the far left of me there's a quarry and if you were to go down to the quarry and i have done a couple of times there is no way that a tank could go down possibly a motorbike but it'd be a lot easier for a horse to go down five persia modern day iran Ethiopia and Libya with them, all of them with shield and helmets. You got what would appear like an Islamic confederacy being put together to march against Israel. Vladimir Zelensky has reached out to the Israeli Prime Minister to be a mediator between himself and Vladimir Putin. If that meeting takes place, if Putin, if Zelensky, fly to Jerusalem of all countries and if this meeting takes place this month and if the deal goes against Putin and if Zelensky comes out as the winner he's got the entire West behind him he can phone up the White House Downing Street money's being sent weaponry or weapons are being sent no one is saying no to the man from Ukraine and he's very much the man of the moment. And I think it's possible that if these talks take place and if Putin thinks that he's got a raw deal and has to sue for peace, he will hold that grudge against Israel. Verse six, Goma, modern day Armenia, and all his bands, they say a band of men, a band of troops. There was a movie made some years ago called Band of Men. It was a Spielberg movie, I think, based on World War II. We say troops today, but in the AV it's band, a band of men. Goma and all his bands, the house of Togama, of the north quarters. The Antichrist comes from the north. 
and all his bands, all his troops, and many people with these. So as of right now, the rations, we are told, if you can trust MSN, I know I can't, I haven't forgiven them for the lies, disinformation, misinformation over the last couple of years and even further than that. In fact, think about what's going on at the moment. Fuel, petrol, gas, electricity, call it what you will, is going through the roof, like I've already said. So this goes back to the Great Reset. They want more electric vehicles on the roads. So let's cause a crisis. Let's cause hardworking people to be unable to afford the cost to run their vehicles and let's offer them cheap subsidized electric vehicles and they'll be queuing up to uh, receive such all this has been orchestrated probably around late nine uh, late 2019 if you follow my drift but uh, what we are seeing now has been orchestrated for decades and not centuries but it was decided nearly three years ago to bring in the fourth industrial revolution so like i say the msn are telling us that putin is using syrian troops which reminds me of 1943-44 himmler goes to jerusalem where he meets with the grand mufti who was yasser arafat's great uncle and he says to the grand mufti we need you to help us to number one beat the british and number two to deal with the jews and because the arabs hate the jews and hated the british he sent men to fight alongside the uh, Wolf and SS and for maybe 18 months or so you had German and Muslim fighting side by side against the Allies with the belief they could defeat the Jew and here we are many years later you've got the Russian army fighting alongside Muslims of course half of the Russian army are Islamic anyway so it's a throwback to the dark days of World War II for me it's max of a level of desperation my brother sent me an email last week he was just finishing off some street work down south and as he was heading home with his wife he saw a convoy of military vehicles perhaps 25 british of course with machine guns rocket launchers and i thought to myself i bet they are heading off to poland to push the russians back jump down to verse 8 after many days thou shalt be visited I will say that's in reference to the second advent in the latter years thou shalt come into the land that is brought back from the sword many wars have been fought over israel even pre-70 a.d and is gathered out of many people against the mountains of israel which have been always waste parts of israel were desolate if you go to megiddo and i was there many years ago it's vast just vast desolate and i take this to be in reference to 1948 colon but it is brought forth out of the nations and they shall dwell safely all of them now two views about this particular passage it could be number one in reference to the tribulation which in total lasts seven years the first three and a half years you have a level of peace 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 when there is no peace but officially a level of peace the antichrist has done a deal with the jews daniel chapter 9 again zelensky bennett putin possibly meeting in jerusalem later this month it's almost almost the same as daniel chapter 9 
a peace treaty is signed by the Antichrist, Daniel chapter 9, he breaks it halfway through and all goes downhill from there. Well, the second view is that this is in reference to the millennial reign. Now, I sat down last night, like I say, for over an hour. I read Ezekiel 38, Ezekiel 39, and maybe next week I'll come back and look at Ezekiel 39. But allow me to say this, it could be that Ezekiel 38, Ezekiel 39 are both discussing the same battle and are supplementing one another. It's like Revelation 17, Revelation 18. Same events, and they both supplement one another. Or it's like this. Revelation chapter 2, Jezebel is mentioned. Not the Jezebel from the days of Elijah, but a similar prostitutes or uh, spiritual uh, apostate religious system. So sometimes terms like Jezebel or even Gog, which we'll get to shortly in Revelation chapter 20, don't always have to picture a particular person, but a particular system. 9. Thou shalt ascend, and come like a storm. In reference to Gog, I believe, thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land, thou and all thy bands, and many people with thee. Think back to the days of Napoleon. He marched on Russia, and like the Germans, many years later got to the gates of Moscow. Napoleon would amass a huge army, as would Hitler. And as of right now, you've got around a million NATO troops on heightened alert, waiting for the order to go. Unbelievers think there'll be a nuclear fallout. I don't think so. And if my understanding this is correct, during the tribulation, you'll have a massive army, probably two or three times the size of World War II. And if you were to add up all of the Russians, all of the Ukrainians, no more than three million. A NATO, no more than a million. But verse 9 again, thou being Gog, shalt ascend and come like a storm, like a whirlwind. Thou shalt be like a cloud to cover the land. It'll seem like it's impossible for Israel to be saved. Thou and all thy bands, all of your troops and many people with thee. So for now, the Syrians are fighting and perhaps dying alongside the Russians. The Arabs were fighting and dying alongside the Germans. What does man learn from history? Absolutely nothing at all. 10. Thus saith the Lord God, it shall also come to pass that at the same time shall things come into thy mind. You've got time in your hands, you start to think about this or that, you start to feel hard done by, you start to feel like you've had a raw deal. Someone like Putin may feel like the entire world is against him. The average Russian is suffering the sanctions, but so too are those outside of Russia. And if you think about negative thoughts too often, you start to act. You start to plot for vengeance. And thou shalt think an evil thought. And thou shalt say, I will go up to the land of unwalled villages. I will go to them that are at rest. Second time, rest. Verse 11, safety. Verse 8, that dwell safely. All of them dwelling without walls and having neither bars nor gates. They are so peaceful that they don't need security. And yet you look at the Vatican surrounded by very high walls. You look at Pelosi's mansion surrounded by walls or Obama's mansion surrounded by walls. And these people speak the most about allowing immigrants into 
people's countries and yet they are living in a fenced off area. It's also interesting listening to Roman Catholics discussing this situation between Russia and Ukraine. One Catholic YouTuber said this, he said that according to the Catholic bishops in Ukraine and Russia, they have written to the Pope, begging the Pope to consecrate Russia to the Virgin Mary based on the so-called Fatima apparition going back to 1917 in Portugal of course when the alleged apparition of Mary would appear to was it three peasant children it never once comes into the minds of Roman Catholics that perhaps what those children saw was an angel of light masquerading as the lady as she was referred to and the idea is, is that if the Pope was to consecrate Russia or Ukraine to Mary there would be peace but I remember year before last you had Italian priests flying over Italy in helicopters with statues of Mary praying the rosary and at the hospitals or so we were told were full of COVID patients this is the mindset of people who don't believe the Bible don't read the Bible following men not the Messiah but again verses 8 9 and 10 could be in reference to the tribulation during that three and a half year period where there was peace people are getting on with their lives starting to relax a bit like now COVID restrictions are being lifted you can now fly into the UK without being PCR'd ART'd people are starting to live again breathe again is it a full sense of security I do wonder I am naturally uh, cynical suspicious <laughs> and during the tribulation for a period of time the Jew will feel all is well could be in reference to the could be in reference to another period of time so it goes back to how the Lord operates I mean for example had the Jews believed on Jesus then John the Baptist would have been Elijah but because they didn't believe on Jesus John the Baptist wasn't Elijah and therefore the Lord has put this together in such a way that it could go one of two ways 12 to take a spoil and to take a prey he sees that Israel is at peace doors aren't locked windows are wide open there's a sense of peace which of course is a full sense of peace today people go to bed at night they lock their doors bolt their doors shut they hope for the best but plan for the worst and you hear these stories of elderly people or your great-grandmother your great-grandfather who would say uh, when I was a boy we never locked our doors we all knew each other and that's true but now you get your throat cut and they will kill you for less than five pounds to turn thine hand upon the desolate places that are now inhabited pre-1948 yes you had Jews in Israel of course even after 70 AD there were still Jews in Israel the parts of Israel were just barren I saw a clip of uh, Goldemir being interviewed back in the 19 probably 70s she was born in the US New York I think from memory and she was interviewed by I think it was a British journalist or an American journalist I forget who it was and she made a very good point they said to her this the journalist said to her he said uh, but you weren't born in this country and these people in reference to the Palestinians in the Bible called Philistines he said but these people have built this country up and she said no not true at all when I came to Israel it was nothing there was nothing here just barren 
and we, being the Jews, built it up. And I thought, yes, very good point. Upon the people that are gathered out of the nations, from 1948 right up until the present, many Jews have gone back into Israel. I think one of the reasons why Bennett went to meet Putin was to, number one, try and do a deal to bring peace to the region, which is commendable, obviously. But number two also, and ultimately, would be to bring Jews back to Israel, not only from Russia, but also from Ukraine. Which have gotten cattle and goods that dwell in the midst of the land. Go to verse 14. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say unto Gog, Thus saith the Lord God, In that day when my people of Israel dwelleth safely, shalt thou not know it? Well, of course, as of right now, we have drone footage, we have live television, live feeds, we can see what's going on in Ukraine. I've seen live webcams picturing four or five major cities and from what I can see it looks very peaceful and this man Gog who is a person quite likely the final Antichrist will know what is going on in Israel because of course he has signed the peace treaty with Israel so I've got a couple of thoughts to further add to this number one Gog is a place like I say Turkey most commentators will say that and I concur with that but also Russia and also Goma being Armenia and I got the old map out last night trying to work out a bit more about this part of the world and to my surprise the Caspian and Black Seas are also mentioned as being uh, in reference to this geographical location and the Caspian and Black Seas would you believe it are right next to Russia and as of right now Russia is very much seen as the bad man verse 16 and thou being Gog again shalt come up against my people of Israel no ambiguity there as a cloud to cover the land everyone will see it simultaneously it shall be in the latter days and I will bring thee against my land that the heathen may know me when I shall be sanctified in thee O Gog before their eyes it's like Pharaoh for this purpose have I raised thee up that I might show my glory in thee and he raises up Pharaoh the most powerful man in his day who enjoyed the most powerful army in his day the most prosperous people in his day and then slowly but surely the Lord would destroy Pharaoh and his people and he would do the same with Gog of course look at verse 17 thus saith the Lord God Art thou he of whom I've spoken in old time by my servants, the prophets of Israel, which prophesied in those days, many years that I would bring thee against them? Time after time, the Antichrist is found way back in the Old Testament. And here it's building up to its final crescendo, its final climax. And it shall come to pass at the same time when Gog shall come against the land of Israel, saith the Lord God, that my fury shall come up in my face I think it's Zephaniah 3 he gathers all the nations together <coughs> they march against Israel on paper it looks like a walk in the park on paper Putin probably thought that Ukraine would have fallen by now but one British military man I think he was a colonel during the Iraq war said that the Allies had to wait a month before Iraq fell and they had more men fighting 
back in 2003 and it took eight days before Baghdad fell. So those who are writing off Putin and his men, that might be a little bit premature, I don't know. But again, you've got Israel, verse 18, and also 17. My land, verse 16. I mean, this book is about Israel, time after time. At the moment, it could be that Russia, Ukraine, uh, this issue will blow over quite likely. I don't think chemical weapons will be used on a mass scale. Of course, all countries have mass uh, they have they have uh, weapons of mass destruction. All countries do. Russia has Russia has more nuclear weapons than the U.S., but the U.S. has more chemical weapons than Russia. And don't forget China, the uh, country of COVID. They aren't far behind. But it could be and quite likely that this will blow over in the coming days and weeks. There will be a ceasefire, peace talks, and the man of the moments will be probably the Prime Minister of Israel, and he'll bring his two. Russians, Ukrainians together, and a deal will be done, which will be a picture of Daniel chapter 9. 19. For in my jealousy and in the fire of my wrath have I spoken. Surely that day there should be a great shaking in the land of Israel. Well, of course, you've got an army in Revelation spoken of as being, I think, 100 million men marching towards Israel. I mean, 100 million men? What you're seeing now is no more than two or three million, even if China were to come into the war. No more than six million. But in the tribulation or the millennium, depending on where you put these verses, you'll have at least a hundred million men marching. Hence why the ground is shaking in verse 19. Look at 20. So that the fishes of the sea and the fowls of the heaven and the beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep upon the earth and all the men that upon the face of the earth shall shake at my presence and the mountains shall be thrown down that's like Revelation chapter 6 and the steep places shall fall and every wall shall fall to the ground it's like uh, Joshua, it's like Jericho when the walls came down for a period of time Jericho was untouchable and after seven days of the Jews marching around blowing their trumpets and on day seven, it goes flat down. But Russia, Ukraine is a subject of the moment. And you think back to the days of Joseph Stalin, there was an occasion, I think it was in the 1940s, when he wasn't happy with what was going on in Ukraine. There's always been strains between Moscow and Kiev. And Stalin said to his aides, we have to starve. Kiev, we have to put a blockade, we have to put sanctions on them, that's the word of the moment, sanctions, and apparently four million Ukrainians starved to death, because good old Uncle Joe in Moscow decided to starve, puts a blockade against the Ukrainians. Nothing has changed. There's bad blood going back probably even before the days of Stalin. 21 and I will call for a sword against him throughout all my mountains, saith the Lord God. Every man's sword shall be against his brother. It's like a civil war. I mean, what is really tragic, as of right now, isn't so much the fighting. There are wars all over the world. You've got Saudi Arabia fighting Yemen. And so many other wars in other parts of the globe right now. But what's really tragic is the fact that the Russian, the Ukrainian, are brothers. 
and up until 1991 were one people one country here in verse 21 he will take Gog's men and turn them against one another start to turn on one another going back to a kingdom being divided against itself Matthew 24 22 and I will plead against him with pestilence and with blood and I will rain upon him and upon his bands troops soldiers and upon the many people that are with him World War II was the Arabs alongside Hitler now it's the Syrians alongside Putin but in the tribulation or the millennial reign it will be the many people fighting alongside Gog and overflowing rain and great hailstones fire and brimstone go to Revelation 16 there's an almost identical cross-reference to this in Revelation 16 I think it's 16 yeah uh, 20 and every island fled away and the mountains were not found and there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven every stone about the weights of a talent weight of a talent and men blasphemed God because of the plague of the hail for the plague thereof was exceeding great almost matches Ezekiel 38 go back there please look at verse 23 thus will I magnify myself that's what this is all about at the end of the day and sanctify myself consecrate myself never mind consecrating Russia or Ukraine to the Virgin Mary what's a preposterous thought a humble Jewish made servants of the Lord being called upon to mediate between Russia and Ukraine and these ignorant Catholics have got no idea how sinful such talk is and I'll be known in the eyes of many nations and they shall know that I am the Lord that's the whole purpose for all of this the word of God says how all the nations that forget God shall be turned into hell so let's recap and then jump over to Revelation 20 so Gog is a person quite likely the final antichrist he comes from the Russia Turkey area Gomar is Armenia <coughs> you've got at least three Islamic countries Iran being modern-day Persia which really hates the Jews Libya you think of the dark days of Gaddafi and also Ethiopia which is where I think Haile Selassie came from but now most of those countries or most people in those countries are Islamic and all Muslims if they are honest with themselves have no time for Israel nor for the Jews hatred of the Jews humiliation towards Israel for always being victorious will result in this confederacy like I say of nations coming together led by the Antichrist almost certainly a Jew I do believe that and he comes via Turkey slash Russia he's got people fighting alongside him go to Revelation chapter 20 and like I say 100 million men marching towards any country would be devastating to behold on paper it would look like all is lost and Revelation 20 makes it even more difficult to really place this period in its correct context you're told to study the studying isn't easy it takes a lot of effort a lot of concentration 
I spent over an hour last night just reading through Ezekiel 38, 39. I just scratched the surface. And I will come back possibly next week and look at chapter 39. <coughs> Revelation 20, look at 7. And when a thousand years have expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison. So at the end of the tribulation, Antichrist, the false prophets, and the beast go into the lake of fire where they never come out. Satan goes in with them, but he does come out. And here it's after the thousand years, so after the millennial reign has passed. He comes out of his prison, verse 8, and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, northeast, southwest, Gog and Magog. Now, Gog and Magog in Revelation 20 could be referenced to a people, a place, or possibly in reference to a calamity, a coalition. You've had a thousand years of people on the earth repopulating going back to the Lord saying to Adam and Eve be fruitful multiply replenish the earth and of course had Adam and Eve never fallen and had they done what God told them to do they would have reproduced at a rapid rate and by the time of Abraham Joshua the prophets you would have had so many people living on the earth that it would have been impossible to sit down because people died due to sickness, warfare, the wage of the sin is death, suffering. People died due to their fallen nature, of course. And that also goes back to the subjects of space travel, which I may discuss next week. And when a thousand years have expired, thousand years, literal thousand years, Satan, the devil, shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive the nations which are in the four quarters of the earth, the new earth, of course, Gog and Magog, the number of whom is as the sand of the sea. Too many to count. So let's try and pull all these verses together. And I'm just going to scratch the surface this morning. I won't go into too much detail because it's too complicated even for me to get my head around. But as I see it, Ezekiel 38 could be in reference to the tribulation, which that's a case, not long to wait now, or in reference to the millennial reign, which in that case there's a long way to a long way to wait either way it can go either way it makes no difference but when this army are mobilized to march against israel it looks like it's all over go to uh zachariah not zachariah zachariah 14 also it would appear that during the millennial reign people are still uh sinful and that's why they have to take the fruits of the tree for the healing of the nations. No time to discuss that this morning. Although Christ is physically on the earth, they see him with their own eyes. They still have to repopulate. They have to follow him. Matthew 5, Matthew 6, Matthew 7, Matthew 8. The Sermon on the Mount, the law is very much in place. Those that obey it are commended and those that don't are condemned. But either way, during that period of time, people are still sinful. One of the reasons why the sacrificial system is re-initiated, not to uh, cover the sins of the people that was done at Calvary, but to commemorate, to be more conciliatory. So if I wasn't a saved man, if I was lost, if I was watching the news, reading the papers, 
I would be pretty worried. I mean, two million Russians in reserve, half a million Ukrainians, Western forces, Chinese weapons being sent to Russia, more money, more men being sent to back up the Ukrainians, the cost of living going through the roof, so on and so forth. Talk of nuclear weapons being unleashed, but I don't think Putin's men would have the nerve to launch a nuclear strike against Kiev or any NATO country, and nor do I think any of Biden's men would have the nerve to fire any weapons to Moscow or elsewhere. It would be devastating. But what you might see is a partial uh, chemical fallout. Zechariah 14, 12. And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. So, as they march towards Jerusalem, the eternal city, the city of peace, not Rome, not Moscow, not Kiev, Mary can't help you out, no priest can help you out, no church can help you out, such nonsense. I mean, the very idea, consecrating Russia, Ukraine to the Virgin Mary, such an abomination. I mean, she'd be appalled if she could hear some of these stupid, superficial and uh, shallow thinking from ignorant people, unregenerate people. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. The nearest I can think to such an event happening so far would be Chernobyl, 1986, but even that was contained to some extent, and I discussed that during the last Sunday service, and I'll discuss it more this coming Sunday, but this event is still to happen. And note that the Lord is the author again and this shall be the plague the plague wherewith the Lord not man the Lord will smite all the people not just some all of the people all the people that have fought against Jerusalem their flesh shall consume away while they stand while they stand upon their feet they'll basically die on their feet and their eyes shall consume away in the holes eye sockets and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth what a terrible way to die they'll be hit plagued destroyed no way out it's bad enough to gather all these nations to march against israel a holy people that's bad enough and on top of that the lord steps in and says right that's it i'm going to wipe them all out 100 million men it'll start with gog his lieutenants go right down the ranks to the uh, the the generals the brigadiers the majors, the colonels, the captains, the sergeant majors, all your special forces, just wipe them all out. I gather all nations together, Zephaniah 3, and I'll destroy them. One final time. And this shall be the plague, wherewith the Lord, wherewith the Lord, the Lord, will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Kiev will probably survive, Moscow will probably survive, NATO will certainly survive but those that come against jerusalem will certainly not their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet like a chemical fallout or even a nuclear one but more likely a chemical because of course if you were to use nuclear weapons everyone would be destroyed and their eyes shall consume away in their holes and their tongue 
shall consume away in their mouth. So let's put all these verses together and I will wrap up this message. Gog is a man. Magog is a location that he comes from. He comes from the north. His heart is hardened as is Pharaoh's. God would harden Pharaoh's heart for a purpose. Elsewhere in the book of Exodus it says how Pharaoh would harden his own heart. So God takes a hardened heart and destroys such. Pharaoh takes on Israel, loses terribly. Gog, Manasin, son of perdition, Antichrist, takes on Israel, fails. Possibly at the end of the thousand year reign, there's one more attempt to march against the holy city because of course the Jews, the saved Jews are on the new earth. The church has new Jerusalem. And this final attempt to overthrow King Jesus will be put down quick, smart, just wipe them all out. This time God steps in. There's no more hand-to-hand fighting. What you're seeing now in parts of Ukraine is pretty rough, I am sure, hand-to-hand fighting, like you saw in Afghanistan when the Allies were sent there back in 2001, hand-to-hand fighting with the uh, with Al-Qaeda and other Islamic groups, but that eventually blew over. There was no divine intervention during that campaign. That was a disaster, of course. But during the end of the thousand-year reign, as the nations come up one more time on a suicide mission with Satan leading from the front, they think that perhaps they can destroy Jerusalem, but of course not. Jehovah steps in and again just wipes them all out. So I will say this and sign out. Pray for the church in Ukraine. Pray for the church in Russia. Don't get caught up with all this political talk. If the truth were known, you've got goats killing the goats, goats dying alongside the goats. I don't think there are any sheep fighting and dying. This is a spiritual war. This is also a physical war. But the uh, ultimate picture for me is to look at someone like Zelensky, a very interesting character, come out of nowhere, teaming up with the Israeli Prime Minister, who hasn't been in office very long, to hopefully come alongside him and help do a deal with Putin, who's been around for a long time. Zelensky is a man to look out for the future. I won't say any more than that. An interesting character. And of course, if you are a Christian in Ukraine, you should pray for your president. If you are a Christian in Russia, you should pray for your president. Not always easy, I know, but that's what you've got to do. And my gut feeling is, for what it's worth, is that this conflict will blow over. A deal will be done. And what comes after that, I don't know. Hopefully the rapture. (laughs) But if not, we'll keep bunkering down. Keep pushing on. And watching and waiting. And I think I will come back next week and go through Ezekiel 39. Which gives another account of this disastrous campaign. Against Israel and uh, Jerusalem. The Jew. And also those that have survived and gone through the thousand year reign and i may discuss that more next week and on that statement i will sign out and wish you every peace and blessing in the wonderful name of the lord jesus christ amen and amen